We are so excited that you are in the room tonight because I believe anything is possible in this room because the presence of the Lord is here. Amen. Anything is possible in this room tonight. That's what the word of the Lord says. With God, all things are possible. I am so honored and blessed tonight to introduce our guest minister this weekend, evangelist Greg Hubbard. Travels all over the globe preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and there's just a special anointing on his life. And I believe that there is oil for you and for me that God has put in his vessel. Amen? Amen. So would you make him welcome as he comes? And then you can, you can be seated tonight. Hallelujah. Okay, good. Now we're ready to go. Thank you so much, Pastor. Man, what a joy being with you guys here tonight. How many just love to worship? I just love the team and uh, my, my goodness and, and just a great sense of God's presence. And I, I, I messaged my wife and said, honey, this place is packed on a Friday night. There's like a hurricane outside. You guys are crazy. And, uh, but here you are. And, um, and, uh, but when your pastor calls for a nut about saturate, you're not messing around. And uh, it's like 20 inches of rain outside. And, uh, but what an honor for me to be with you for tonight, tomorrow, and then Sunday morning. I am so pumped about this weekend. Believe in God to move in a great way. If you're in the mood to be discouraged, if you're in the mood for kind of a, maybe like a downer, a little bit of gloom, you can just file out of here right now. And uh, because th this weekend's all about God just refreshing us. Another, another word for, for saturate is drench. And uh, we're believing God to drench people. I'm going to be drenched in a minute with sweat, but I want you to be drenched as well and, uh, and refreshed and encouraged. Amen. So uh, we're believing God. If you haven't done so yet, maybe you already have, but I'm going to encourage you to bring somebody, invite somebody. I remember one church in New Jersey, and this I'm thinking about Sunday morning especially. Uh, you'll bring people that do not know the Lord as their Savior. It was a church in New Jersey, and uh, we just encourage people to bring friends, whatever. And uh, this guy's a phys ed teacher in a public high school. And he thought, you know what, I'm going to start inviting people to come to church uh, uh, what was going to be the Monday night. And then uh, some people aren't aware that God's even alive on Monday nights. But Jesus is alive on Monday nights. Isn't that right? And uh, by noontime, though, we told the Lord, I'm not asking one more person. Because he said, everyone he asked said, yes, I'll go as long as you get me a ride. He said, he kept on telling people, I, I promise you, I'm going to get you a ride. He, by noontime, he said, Lord, I'm not asking anyone else. I'm already in trouble. I don't know how I'm going to get everybody there. And uh, the Lord said, don't worry, keep on asking. The Lord told that guy, he said, if you keep helping me with my problem, I'll help you with your problem. And so he kept on asking people. And uh, so by the end of that day, 33 people committed to come to church with him on Monday night. 33 people. And, uh, but one of the 33 had his own bus driving license and also owned his own bus. And I remember, I remember that Monday night, that Monday night in Livingston, New Jersey, when a bus pulls in or whatever, and, uh, not, and people get out. Not the whole bus. I think it was around half the bus that got saved on a Monday night because one guy had a vision to bring people to church. 
So I would encourage you, Sunday morning, bring a button up, whatever. But say, God, maybe you have a Ford Fiesta. Say, God, give me vision to bring people. Uh, give me vision to invite people. And, uh, and, uh, and so we're believing God for a great Sunday morning and uh, for God to save and for God to set people free. I talked to a lovely friend before church, and their sister said something. You were brought to church Easter 2021, and, um, and Jesus changed your life because somebody brought her to church. And now she's sitting in church on a Friday night. And um, so you never know when you invite somebody. So especially Sunday morning, bring somebody, invite somebody, and, uh, and of course tomorrow as well. Amen. Hey, real quick, I've got to say this. I'm going to jump in the message. The word you heard last week was, was incredible. I told Pastor, but it was last week, right? Because I, I listen, I, when I go to church, I like to listen, kind of find out the flow, whatever. But that message on the Ark of the Covenant, I got saved five times listening to that sermon. And... Um, Really, it was it was late at night this last Wednesday. I was ministering in, in, near Lakeland, Florida, this past a couple of days ago, and I'm lying in bed and just you know, logged on, whatever. And I, I had to get up. I'm thinking I can't stop listening to this. What a word! Don't you love the presence of God? And um, and I'm so grateful for that word that God gave him and the leadership that that they're bringing his wife day to this great church. And uh, I, I just walk in. I feel vision all over this place, and um, I, I'm just so excited. Hey, I want to go to God's word. Or whatever, and um, can I say one more thing? Can I just, is that all right? Can I do that? Because I, I, I don't want to forget these things are important. I walked in the hotel room, you put them in a lovely room. Thank you for that. And um, but there's a gift basket in that room, it's the largest gift basket ever seen by mortal man. I'll tell you right, it was huge. And I, I, I didn't even open it up yet, but I peeked in. I'm not sure who did this, but there's golf balls in that thing. I mean, there's, I, I think they're Pro V1s. And if they, now, I know they don't know me well, because if they saw how I played golf, they'd never put Pro V1 golf balls on my, I can tell you right now. And um, because they need to be able to swim. But um, no, thank you for that lovely gift, whatever. There's all kind of snacks and golf balls and a little small puppy, a golden Labrador puppy. And um, he's, he's a cute little guy. He's in the room now, just relaxing, whatever. And, uh, but really, you guys are amazing. So thank you for, uh, you're giving. Hey, you know what? Let's get to it, okay? No, no, more, no more breaks. If you have a Bible tonight, whatever, it's John chapter 7, if you would. It's John chapter 7. And I'm uh, going to read just a few verses of verse 30, uh, beginning at number 37. This is an amazing chapter in John chapter 7. But John 7, beginning at verse 37, here's what the Word says in a gorgeous, rainy night in Wrightsville, Pennsylvania. It goes like this. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. But this cemental spirit, who are those who believed in them, were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Let me read that again. On the last and greatest day of the festival, to think of this, Jesus stood and he said, I love this, in a loud voice, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Folks, I, I want to set this up tonight in John chapter 7. Read it tonight with a bowl of ice cream at home, whatever. And um, in John 7, the opening verses, his own brothers looked at Jesus and said, look, you got to go public with this. You're going to show people your stuff. 
your miracles in. You gotta, you gotta let the cat out of the bag. I'm paraphrasing. You wanna go up to the festival of tabernacles and work some miracles and show them what you can do. And Jesus looked at his brothers and said, he said, look at, he said, for you, to, uh, any time is good, but this is not the right time for me. He said, I'm not going up the festival. He said, it's simply not the right time for me. But you guys go on ahead, whatever. And, uh, and so imagine, she looks at them, and he says that phrase about, uh, about timing. If you serve God for any number of years, you realize there's something powerful about the timing of God. But God takes a moment in a life and God does something supernatural. That's why I believe that God can take one service, I believe, believe this, and dramatically alter somebody's life. Uh, my sister just comes on Easter, some brings her, and she's never the same ever, ever again. And so God's timing is incredible, church. And so the uh, Bible goes on in John 7 that they go up to what's known as the Feast of Tabernacles. It was one of the, it's one of the three great feasts of Tabernacles. There's Passover and, of course, Pentecost. And this was a favorite, though, among God's people. This festival would last seven days. The people come together all over. And they go to Jerusalem, and they simply camp out for a week, a camping trip. Uh, do we have any campers in the room tonight? I think camping is the work of the devil. Yes, I do. And um, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm only kidding you. I'm just kidding you. Not really. Listen, I, I love the idea of camping. I just don't actually ever want to do it. My idea of the quiet outdoors is opening up the hotel window. Somebody say amen right now. But um, no, no, I get it. I get the outdoors, whatever. We go to Africa. I love the outdoors, whatever, whatever. But I'm not a, cam I'm not a camper. But so they go camping for a week. And so, and the idea was, and Leviticus talks about this, and uh, that when they went to the Feast of Tabernacles, they made temporary shelters. And, and they made these shelters, and, and, uh, and they would put like branches on the roof, but it was kind of their custom that you would not cover the entire roof. Here's why. Because this festival of tabernacles had some significance. One was historical significance. So they put the branches on the roof. Imagine a mom and dad and the children, they're lying down at night after long, they're camping out. And a little boy looks at daddy and says, Daddy, why do I look up and I see the moon and I see all the stars? Dad, what are we doing? And the father says, because son, we to never forget what God's done for us. We're no longer wanderers, son. Uh, there were years, son, we, we just were uh, just wanderers in, in the desert and such and had, had no firm home. But God's been good to us. We have a home now. Uh, we're not just really wandering, but we have a, a destiny and, and a home. And, and if you're a follower of Jesus, that's your story. You're no longer wandering. But Jesus has changed your life. If you are what you've always been, you are not a follower of Jesus. Because if you come to Christ, the old is gone, and God makes everything brand new. But once you come to Jesus, we're no longer wandering in the dark. I'm looking at young people worshiping. I got so blessed because you guys sweetly kicked me out of my seat tonight. I saw you do it. I was so blessed by that. I'm looking down, whatever. There's like 50 young people in six chairs, and I'm on the end. And next thing you know, I'm like peeled against that wall over there. I was so blessed by that, though. Give me a Friday with young people in the front rows that want to worship Jesus. Are you kidding me? That's amazing to me. And so, and so, but imagine that there's a sense of purpose in their life. They're not in a room trying to find out who am I. They know they are in Christ. 
So if you have followed Jesus, aren't you glad you're not what you were, but you are now a child of Almighty God? Some say, Greg, you know, preach wet, spit, do your deal. Uh, we're all God's children. No, we're not. We're all God's creation. But we're God's children. God doesn't have nieces and nephews. God only has sons and daughters. So if you're in this house, and Jesus has forgiven your sin. I'm not talking Catholic, uh, Protestant, Baptist, Methodist, vegan, gluten-free. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you, my friend, have a firm foundation. And one day your home will be the place called heaven forever and ever and ever. And so for seven days... Seven days that camp out and remembering that God's been good to us. But then there was agricultural significance. It was the fall season in the harvest. And so they ate good food. Uh, they, they probably ordered it in from Shady Maple and, and some Amish places in Pennsylvania. But it was good food. And so imagine they're camping out remembering God's been good to us. He brought us out of that desert and, and we have a firm foundation and, and we're looking at the stars from reminding, remembering ourselves that, that God's been good to us and, and they're enjoying food which speaks of God's provision. Hasn't been God good to you? Isn't God so faithful? Listen, two-thirds of the world will go to bed tonight with a hungry belly. That, that stirs me. It stirs me that there's many folks in Africa that will wake up, uh, young people, and some oftentimes the women will rise up early hours in the morning and walk for miles to find water because they don't have any water. Uh, listen, if you have only had a bowl of Cheerios today, man, you are blessed more than two-thirds of the world. And so I'm not saying that we're insensitive to need around us, but, but aren't you grateful that God's been good to you? He's a, he's a, remember this song I wrote for Chris Tomlin? He's a good, good father. I wrote that song. You know that, don't you? I, I wrote it though. Good, 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 good. He thought two goods are good enough. But listen, God is a good, good father. He's faithful. He's a great provider. Uh, there's folks in this room tonight that say, Greg, I wouldn't be sitting here tonight if, if God didn't bring me through that sickness and if God didn't answer that prayer. How many can say tonight that God's come through for you over and over and over again? And so for seven days, this is like a, 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 a camp that remembering God's been good to us and we have food to eat and he's been so faithful. But the heart of the festival was this. Every day, the priest would lead all the people every day for seven days, and they'd leave, uh, the and they'd walk down what's known as the Pool of Siloam. And the priest would take a golden pitcher and dip it in the, in, in the Pool of Siloam and fill it with water, and they'd walk back to the temple area, and as they walked, they'd sing a song, Isaiah 12, 3, which says, with joy, you'll draw water from the wells of salvation. And so they'd walk back, they're singing, they're shouting, they're dancing. Listen, let's stop for a second. I'm glad we're no longer wanderers. I'm glad for God's provision. But you know what, aren't you just glad that Jesus saved you? That's the one miracle that stopped the flow of heaven. When one person gets saved, all of heaven goes crazy. Aren't you glad that Jesus saves you tonight? That again, your sins have been blotted out. That you are forgiven, that you are a child of God. And so they walk, but they're singing, and, and then they get back in, and the priests, again, they're coming unglued. 
Uh, this is exuberant worship. It's not a, 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 like a, a funeral. It, it was like a resurrection power. They're worshiping, dancing, singing. And, and then they get to the temple, and the priest pours the water on the altar, and the place comes unglued. I think rightful aging people would love to be a part of that. So imagine, seven days they do this, but on the last day, now we come to our text. The Bible tells us the last day was always the greatest day of the festival. But there'd be two significant changes. Uh, one would be on the last day uh, after they returned from the pool of Siloam. The priests, imagine, would walk around the altar seven times. And they would do that in remembrance of the walls of Jericho that came tumbling down. Let's stop there for a second. What they're doing is remembering their past. I was in the room tonight, said, Greg, I'm so grateful. Yeah, it's a rainy, dismal Friday night, but there's a time in my life when some Jerichos came tumbling down. Greg, maybe for some crack cocaine. Maybe for some was bound by filth and pornography. For some, maybe just whatever it may be, drugs or booze or whatever. But Jesus has set you free. Maybe what's bound by, by astrology or witchcraft and the occult, and the devil said, I've got you. But Jesus broke the back of your Jericho, and you are free in the name of Jesus. So the last day, they marched around seven times. It was a reminder that God's greater than even the walls of Jericho. But on the last day, something else would happen. When the priest would take the pitcher and would walk down to the pool of Siloam with all the people. When he got to the pool, he would not dip the pitcher or the bucket into the water. It would be empty. Every other day, he'd fill that thing, and they'd come unglued, worshiping, dancing, giving God praise, and giving God worship. But now there's an empty bucket, an empty pitcher, and now the people, there'll be a deathly silence. It was a, a, a reminder of when all the people just were rebellious and were disobedient and, and perish in, and uh, because of their rebellion, it was a sad moment, whatever. And so imagine up now, the festival about to end, but something's happened in the meantime. Jesus shows up. Everything changes when Jesus arrives. Everything changes. Uh, well, this is what happening. Jesus, he comes kind of incognito. He comes in secret, the Bible says. He's watching things happen, whatever, and, uh, and people are asking, where is he? The Jewish leaders hated Jesus. They wanted him dead, wanted to kill him. And so he's there, and the people are angry, and, and then he goes up to the temple and begins teaching. And, and now they recognize him, and they said some terrible things like, like you are demon-possessed. They, they were saying terrific things to Jesus and, and talking to Jesus and, and offending him and all these unkind things. And Jesus is now at the festival. The festival seconds away from being ended. It was a week of celebration and joy and victory. But now Jesus is sitting down all by himself. He's watching. He sees what's happening. And he sees it about to end with the people, thousands upon thousands, who are now having a vision of an empty bucket. They're, they're, they're looking at emptiness and saturation, not even close. Drenching a dry, empty bucket. And the festival is about to end with, with a sense of sadness. And uh, they're going to go back home and back to everyday life with a vision of an empty bucket. But Jesus would not allow that to happen. And the Bible tells us that the priest stood there with the empty bucket 
with the empty bucket, holding it up before all the people. Something rose up in the heart of Jesus Christ. And Jesus jumps up to his feet. And he says in a loud voice, Is anybody thirsty? Is anybody thirsty? And if you are, I'm your man. You come to me. And out of your belly, never mind a bucket, I'll cause a river to flow out of your innermost being. You look at this, listen, back in those days at a festival like this, for someone to stand and make an announcement, it had to be something official, somebody of royal blood. And my friend, in the eyes of the people, it, it was lowly Jesus. But when Christ stood there at that festival and spoke to the crowd, he was royal King Jesus, who did not, he did not come to simply observe the festival. He now came to run the festival. In 2,000 years ago, can I ask you a favor? Am I yelling too much tonight, honey? Am I yelling too much? Will you tell me if I am? If I'm yelling too much, just go like this, okay? Because Rob is not here. I really need you to help me out, okay? I can't ask her because she kicked me out of my seat, but I'm asking you, okay? It just If just go like this, if I'm getting too worked up, I'm not even kidding you. If I spit on you, let me know. I'll aim for the other side, okay? <laughs> Jesus says, is there anybody thirsty? And friends, just simply before, when Jesus said that those, those statements 2,000 years ago, he cries out, the, he's still crying out to people today, making that same statement, that question. And when, when he said those words, he did some simple things. The first thing he did was he described the condition. And the condition is thirst. He didn't get up and say, you know what, you're, you're all thirsty. You're You're here. You're all, because, because you can be at the right place at the right time and not be thirsty. I mean, we, could be in the, we could have a key to every closet in the church and have lost our thirst for God. So when Jesus got up at the festival and said, listen, is anybody thirsty? He was asking a legit question. He said, listen, in other words, not everybody is. That's just a fact, church. Not everybody's thirsty. Uh, religious people hate a saturated weekend like this. Because it isn't about them, it's all about Jesus. I, I, I've been in places, listen, I, I don't like to be, I'm not cynical. I don't like, you know, paint, big, big, a thick paintbrush where everybody like this. Everybody, listen, people are hungry. People are wanting a move of God. But there's always going to be a segment of people who've lost their thirst for the things of God. In the day we're living in, Jesus Christ is asking, he's distinguishing, he's looking to different, he's asking his people in these last days, is anybody thirsty in the house? But why, why would he ask that? Again, it's not everybody is, yes, and, and not because thirsty people are different. They're just different. We can, we can do all we want. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the choir. You're, you're here. It's Friday. You're here. You either love Jesus or somebody kidnaps you. It's one or the other. I'm not like, but I think you're here because you love Jesus. Someone shout yes. Come on. But thirsty people are different. 
and not you, but some will say, you know, great peace, sweat, spit. Look, at I've known God for many years, and I just have kind of, you know, whatever. I just, and whatever. Listen, there's a number of great people at our churches who are living off what God did 50 years ago, but they need a fresh saturation of the power and the move of God in their life. And Jesus asked a simple question. Is anybody thirsty? Thirsty people sing different. They just do. They, well, Greg, I don't like the music. I don't like the stuff. No, no, no. Thirsty people sing different. They clap different. They just do. We can, Greg, I'm just not, I'm not into it. They, they clap. They, they don't care. They, they, just, they just want to give God praise. They, they, thirsty people, they, they drink different. One time in a village in Romania, I was in that village about two weeks ago, a port gypsy village called Silovash. And I remember years ago in the village, a boy was walking with just gym shorts on, covered with dirt and filth and just sad, just covered, whatever. Just a, a tough little village. I learned that his mother had, had, had died recently, and his father had recently committed suicide. His father had been bombed by demon spirits, and, but the father took his life. The boys now orphaned in town, and people are trying to help them. And the, the team that we work with them were there. They recognized him, and we pulled over in our van, and uh, we, we brought him in the van. He was scared at first, but he recognized the leadership from the area. And all I had with me, I had some crackers, and I had a bottle of water. And I gave him my bottle of water. And I'm going to tell you, thirsty people drink different than those who aren't. People who are thirsty take a sip, whatever. But when people are, I mean, they're thirsty. I mean, they're beside themselves thirsty. They treat this like liquid gold, church. And I watched that boy drink that water. I remember, I, I, I think, why didn't I bring more bottles of water? He drank that thing dry, didn't lose one drop. Thirsty people drink different. They, they worship different, they, they sing different, they, they dance different, church. Uh, they read their Bible different, uh, they pray different. They just do because their eyes are on Jesus. They want God for breakfast, they want Jesus for lunch, and they want the Holy Spirit for supper. They want everything that God has for them. There's something about thirsty people. I remember our first time years ago, we were in Bangladesh to speak at this different things, but one of them was a conference in a kind of a rural area where people were coming from around this area, and we were in the back of a speed of light vehicle, missionary Martin Gladys Bliss. I think they're both in heaven now, I believe. And we're in the back of the vehicle. Rob and I were jet lagged and just the whole deal. We're in the back of this vehicle going to the con. We drove this area. They made this bigger people all over the place. Not one car, not one donkey, not one mule, but whatever. Just people everywhere you looked. I'm in the back of the car before we get out. Missionary Mark Bliss said, he said, well, Brother Greg and Rob, here we are. We're beginning this five-night con uh, convention here. And uh, people have come from different areas. And he said, they've asked for the first night you speak on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm thinking, okay, we're going to go right for the juggler tonight. We're going to go for it tonight. Let's go. Let's go. So I just laid hands on myself and said, okay, let's go get him. And so, but I'm, I'm in the back of the car or whatever. And um, we're, we're going to get out of the vehicle. And Missionary Mark Bliss looks in the rearview mirror. And he says this statement to me. He says, oh, by the way, he says, he says, don't worry, but when you begin preaching tonight, uh, most of the people are going to begin falling asleep on you. I'm thinking, what's with that? I looked at Robin and said, what was that? 
I mean, I'm thinking, what did someone call him from Wrightsville, Pennsylvania? And say, that guy's got the gift of insomnia. He could put a dead man to sleep. I'm telling you right now. Uh, but I'm not kidding. I was like, what was that? And it's a, he just got out of the car or whatever. And just, and that's how I went to the service with a vision. And so I'm thinking, not tonight. I'm thinking, not tonight. And once again, I laid hands on myself. Sometimes you got to do that, you know. Praying, Father, tonight, let not one person sleep. Help me to spit 50 rows back if I've got to. Help me spit 50 rows back if I have to. But, Lord, let not one person sleep. Let there be fire in tonight's service. I wasn't even through halfway through my first point. And people are dropping like flies. Heads are back. Mouths are open. They're snoring. People were dreaming. You ever see someone sleeping and they're having like a conversation with themselves? People were out. Some were drooling. Come on. We got any droolers in the room here tonight? Uh, and it's just, but uh, you ever, and when you're preaching sometimes, Pastor, I think we know this through, sometimes you're preaching, you, you kind of see someone that kind of encourages you, whatever. You want to be preaching all night, watching somebody sleeping on you. And, uh, and so you, but people were sacking out. I'm not even sure, but I think my wife might have dozed that night. I'm not sure on that one, but, but people, and so we, we gave the altar call, whatever, in church, I'm telling you, some people I know for a fact. That slept through almost the entire message, came up to the altar and received the baptism of the Spirit with the evidence of tongues. I'm thinking, what is this? I'm praying for people. Lord, just, I'm thinking to myself, Lord, he had a nice little snooze. Fill him right now. And, and people are receiving it like all over the altar. I'm thinking, now don't take this. That's the answer. Don't walk out going, yes. If I sleep more during the message, I'll get more of the altar. That's not the point of the story. We got done hours later. We're in the vehicle. They leave. We get in the vehicle. Mrs. Bliss says, oh, Greg and Robin, what a wonderful. She says, Greg, I, I looked up my husband and said, Mark, you should have clarified about, about, about the sleeping. She said, Brother Greg, was anybody sleeping? I said, oh, yeah, they were. <laughs> oh, they were. They were out. She said, but what he didn't tell you, that this is the first night of the conference. You can see there's no vehicles, there's no, 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 no camels, no donkeys, no horses, no wagons. He said, everybody here has walked four to five days to get here. And he said, a number of the people at tonight's conference to make it on time didn't just walk four and five days, but a number of them had to swim and navigate across a river to make it to the conference on time. Listen, I know you might feel like you drove through a river to get to church tonight, but can you imagine down Route 30 going, come on, kids, hurry up, pick it up, pick it up, kids, the light's going to, can you imagine just making your, uh, doing, the dog, can, doing the butterfly, you young people, whatever, Listen, can you imagine swimming the church tonight? Tonight. Can you imagine that church? Listen, we, we, we giggle and we, it is funny, but I'm glad we didn't swim the church. I'm grateful. But they did. They swam the church. They were exhausted. By the second night, a few less, some slept the next night. By the third, fourth night, there were no sleeping. Matter of fact, they came alive. I'm in a village home uh, the third or fourth night in, having a, a, like a, a bananas and Coca-Cola at some little village house, whatever. I heard loud music about three, four hours early. I said to Wasish, my translator, I said, Sheesh, what's that music? He said, relax, have a banana. They just began the service. I said, began the service? It doesn't start for four hours. He said, Brother Glegg, he said, relax, have a banana. He said, you don't tell somebody who swims to church. You don't tell somebody who walked five days when church begins, and you never tell them when church ends. 
and they went on and on and on and on singing and dancing. Great, what is your point? There's something different about thirsty people. I'm asking somebody in church at a Friday night in Wrightsville, Pennsylvania, if you've been in that crowd 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ said, is there anybody thirsty? I got a feeling all over that crowd that have been other people. I like to think that rightsful people would have come out of their shoes and jumped to their feet and said, Jesus, I'm so thirsty, I'm beside myself. I'm so thirsty, I'm gonna knock off the guest speaker off his seat. They get up in the front rows. Jesus, I'm so thirsty. I, I, Lord, I'm so thirsty that I'm beside myself. Lord, I haven't had supper yet. I worked all day and I've got things, to, but I'm going to God's house at a front. Friday evening because I want more of Jesus than I've ever, 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 ever had before. That's being thirsty, church. Proverbs 42 1. After dear pens for streams of water, so my soul pants after you, O God. Psalm 40, uh, 107 9. He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Tonight, how about this first night of the Saturday weekend? How about we give the devil a heart attack tonight? And not hide behind titles or whatever we want to hide, but say, Father, tonight at that altar, if I get one thing right this Friday night, it's going to be letting you know, I am thirsty for you. I want more of you, Jesus. Jesus, I'm so thirsty for your word. I'm so thirsty for your presence. I want to bless you at all times. I want your praise continually to be upon my lips. I pray for the spirit of thirst after Christ to flood this house on a Friday night in Pennsylvania. If you're with me, somebody shout amen. Come on. 2,000 years ago, he gets up at the festival. He says, is anybody thirsty? He talks about a condition, and then he does this. He extends invitation. What, what, what an awful thing if Jesus got up and he said, hey, hey, anybody thirsty? And everybody gets up and, yes. Some are going, no, we run the church. We're going to be done in 15 minutes, whatever. So people, you know, people upset Jesus. Or someone happy was there. So there were different responses. And later it tells us after, even when he did speak, that people are divided about it. People are divided sometimes. Some are thirsty, some are not. And there are some of our church, not, but some of our churches are being held hostage by, by people that have lost their thirst. But when you and I are stirred and we say, Jesus, I, I, imagine if he said, are you thirsty? And we said, yes. If he said, okay, just one second, and just walked away. That's not what he did. He said, if you're thirsty. In other words, if you're, now if you're not thirsty, that's on you. You're not thirsty, you got to work that out. Uh, you never cracked your Bible? That's on you or me. No, no prayer life? That we, we can't blame it. That's on us. But he says, if you're thirsty, if you are legitimately thirsty, he says, you come to me. I'm glad through all these years. Man, there's been so many changes in this world, huh? Even in recent years. I was even thinking, you know, driving in, I, I still feel like a puppy. I'm 64 years old. Feel like a puppy. I feel like a puppy. Really, I do. Robin says, Greg, you're 64, but you're more immature than I've ever known you to ever be. So I cling to that from my bride. I cling to that from my bride. I don't want to get old up here or whatever, but things are different. Back in the day, young people, I actually thought I was cool. 
I used to have really long hair, whatever, in high school, and I, I walked around and, and just, and just kind of flipped my hair, you know what I mean? Just fl- now I flip my, my hair and or some of it falls out, whatever, if I, whatever. I, I, and, and remember, back, you ever see young people, uh, they'd be cool, they wear their pants really low. You ever see that? The guys that work really low. I know, people going, oh, that worked out, and they kind of walk like this. Because they're, they're, you see half their underwear, you ever see? And we, look at, we look at that as older, and go, that's disgusting. No, not yet, yes, but no, it's disgusting. You get over 60, you keep, we keep hiking them up higher every year. After they get higher, I, I, next time you see me, my belt buckle might be wrapped around my Adam's apple next time you see me. Uh, it's, it's terrible. Robin says, honey, just, honey, not just, just pull them, honey, just get up beyond, just pull them down a little bit. We just hike them up higher and higher. We get, um, I, I don't, I want to be like that guy in Florida by the pool with a bathing suit up here walking around the pool. I don't want to be that guy. But things change. Things change. I'm a triple A the other day, triple A. You're hardly ever going to see a 19-year-old or 21-year-old walk into the triple A place. Because they, they understand there's a thing called ways and there's apps and I'm not trying to be insensitive, but there's a, a precious older couple next to me and they're going to Vermont, whatever, and they wanted they wanted a trip tech and they want can you map out the trip? And I'm thinking I'm from New England, I can tell you how to get there. And, and they, they begin giving routes. I'm thinking, man, you go on that route, you're gonna leave next Tuesday and get there maybe by 2027. The way you're going, whatever, whatever. And and then the work was so gracious and they were sweet couple, sweet couple, but. Not tech savvy, and I'm not tech savvy either. But he said, You can go online. They said, We have a tour book, and they, they, they have a tour book. And the guy said, Well, uh, we don't really have the, but you can go, we have it online. And, and he said, well, uh, well, what good is it going to do me on the computer? And she said, Well, so you can print it off the computer. Things have changed, things are different now. We first began traveling 300 years ago, we didn't have a cell phone. Didn't have a, I think things are different. iPad, I got a, a big iPad, a travel iPad. Yep. Things are different now, church. But one thing has never changed. And that's why 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ said this. Is anybody thirsty? And he followed up, realizing that those who respond in the affirmative, he says, it's me. The answer is me. With all the changes, with all the weirdness, all the things that are good changes, in the center of it all, Jesus Christ says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. We serve a God that changes not. So if you're thirsty tonight, it isn't, it isn't about, it isn't about, it, are you, is, am I supposed to end because you're walking up here? Is it, so you're, you're just going to play something stuff? You know what, that's, know what that's telling me? You know what that's telling me? Right? You know what that's telling me? You tell him to play free. He's going to play a long time. Tell him to go play a long I'm only kidding you. Play something that I taught you as a little boy. Remember I gave you lessons as a kid? Gosh, he was a good son. But if he plays something, so the sound he is about to play can always make a bad sermon a good sermon. Did you know that? <laughs> Listen careful. You stay with me? Come on, you stay with me? You touch your car keys. You touch your car keys. Lightning will shoot out of heaven over your chair. And we'll drag you out. The girls in the front row, they'll drag you back out. And they'll, they'll take your seat. They took mine. They'll take your seat too. He said, play soft for us. A nice little pad. Jesus says, I am still the answer. And all these years later, Jesus Christ is still the answer. I remember being in a church near Rochester during the shaking hands time. And 
how you doing, where you're from. And when I said to one guy, good to meet you, where you're from. He said, what do you do? He says, I'm a rocket scientist. And I, I, my response, my resp- I said, I said, that is hilarious. That is so good. Seriously, what do you do? He says, I'm a rocket scientist. I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not a rocket. You're a rocket scientist? I'm glad, friends, you do not need to be a rocket scientist to understand the truth in the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way. And I am the truth. I'm not a, a way to the way. I am the way. I am all oh, this, this searching about truth and, and confusion. I'm glad Jesus Christ is just the author of truth. He is truth tonight, church. He is truth. And he's just the way and the truth and the, and the life. He says something powerful. It's such a familiar verse in John 14, but this, this upsets people on the day we're living in. But he says that nobody comes to the Father except through me. There's only one door. There's just one. Remember Noah in the ark? That big old boat? One door. The ark is a picture of the person of Jesus Christ. Just one door. Say, Greg, it's Friday night and I'm here. It's been a busy week. And Greg, it's a tough week at school, wrapping up, hard to focus at the end of the year. Especially if you're a good student. I was a solid, I was a solid C minus student. Yes, I was. And so I had to focus, whatever, to maintain that, 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 that great, that, that grade point level, whatever. But Jesus Christ is still the only one who can satisfy that thirst that's inside your soul. Only Christ. With all these great young people, a pastor buddy of mine up in New England said on Tuesdays we have a, we rent this room, not a gym, but like it. We bring young people from Lynn, Mass. But it's a suburb of Boston. And we have a night where we just minister to youth. He said, would you mind speaking to the youth? And this is not that long ago, and I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm, I wear my pants up high. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just, we did youth camps about 140 for about 25 of our years. We love young people. We do. I just, I just felt like inadequate, still struggle with it sometimes. Now, just, you, you get older, you lose a little, whatever. And, and I, I, I said, reluctantly, I said, okay, okay, I'll speak to the young people. I came on Tuesday night. Things, the wheels came off the moment I walked in. Because I walked in with a pair of jeans on. It's going to get really bad when I tell you this. They were pleated jeans. There were, were pleats in them. Now, if you're wearing pleated jeans, look at, you, just, you rock those jeans for God's glory, okay? But it doesn't work at an urban youth ministry rally near, near, near Lynn, Massachusetts, okay? And where there's gangs and crack and all these things. And, and uh, Robin put a crease in them too, a crease. Oh, my gosh. I wanted scissors to cut some holes in them. You gotta, you know, you gotta cut the hole. Now you gotta, you gotta get, make some holes. You gotta rip these puppies in, whatever. You gotta, I wanna fit. So I tried to walk different. It, it, it got worse than trying to walk cool. My pleated jeans. You know what I mean? That, that just made everybody nauseous, didn't it? Right there, you're all just kind of vomiting in your mouth, whatever. And they got the music playing, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the Bill Gaither trio, it wasn't the, it, it wasn't the best of whatever, it was, it was hip-hop, it was urban, it was the water like a hammer, gonna whack you, gonna smack you, gonna totally, get the, it was, that, that's all I have, I'm sorry, it's the best I can do, okay, but, but whatever. 
I'm thinking, I do not fit in this room. Music, I mean, it was a great young people, friendly, but just to, and they, they sang a couple songs. I'm in the back. Robin's with me, whatever. She's thinking, dear God, I'm glad you're speaking and not me tonight. She just, we both felt kind of just intimidated or whatever. And I'm thinking, Lord, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? Whatever, what am I going to say? And I'm trying to think of something funny, whatever. And Jesus spoke so clear and said, just tell them how I suffered on the cross because I love them. And I'm not saying tonight you shouldn't be creative and do different things to reach young people. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that. But I know he spoke to me that night. Tell them how I suffered on the cross because I love them. And that night at the altar, I'm looking at kids at the altar, teenagers, some in gangs. We're talking Lynn out of the Boston area. Lynn's a tough city. Kids, big crocodile tears running down their cheeks as the power of the cross of Jesus Christ began to melt their heart. And, and one by one, I got to watch the power of the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ that's never, ever lost its power through all these years. The same story, same message. Every Easter, isn't it? The, same, the, the tomb is almost empty. Isn't that the truth every year? You know the tomb wasn't empty, right? He left his grave clothes in that tomb to let you know I was here, but I've risen as I said I would. Jesus rose up from that same gospel packs a punch, church. As I left that youth route that night in Boston, the Lord just reminded me in a fresh way. He said, don't you ever underestimate the simple beauty and the power of the gospel. So if you're in the room tonight and say, Greg, look it, I'm here. It's Friday night. It almost didn't come. Pouring rain, whatever. But Greg, uh, he's asking the question, is there anybody thirsty in the house? And if you are, he says, I want you to come to me, he says. For in his presence is fullness of joy at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. And then he says this, and we're going to end this. Pastor said, try to end by midnight if you can. But I, I can't go that long, Pastor. I feel uneasy about it. Especially, I don't want to kill my brother at the keyboard. He's, but, but, just, but, but I love my brother. Listen, it's condition, are you thirsty? He says, you come to me. And then he gives a promise. It's as if Jesus says, I want you to bag the bucket. Forget the bucket. Because you come to me. Forget the empty bucket. You come to me, and I will cause from your innermost being rivers of the Spirit to flow in you and out of you. And when he spoke that, he spoke of the person of the Holy Spirit who had not yet been given, but since he has been given. They're looking at a bucket, but Jesus promises a river. My friend, we're living in a day right now where a bucket is not going to get the job done to turn the tide in America. A half-filled a half filled bucket is, a, is going to take God's people rising up with a thunder in their heart and their voices that are beside themselves thirsty who say, I want to drink deep of his presence, and I want rivers to flow from my innermost being. Let, let's stand all over this room. Could you stand all over this room? And the team could come if they want to tonight, whatever, this, a few singers, whatever. But I just want you to stand all over the room, and you've been so gracious, and I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to lift up both hands as high as you can all over this room. The lifting up of hands is an act of surrender to the Lord. It's a universal act of surrender. So front row, back row, everyone breathing in this 
ourselves. That says, Greg, it's a Friday night and I'm thirsty. Greg, I'm so thirsty, I'm beside myself. I, I'm, I want to ask you a favor because you can't do it for me and I can't do it for you. But I want you to take about 30 to 45 seconds with hands lifted all over this room. And I want you to let God know how thirsty you are right now. I want you to lift your voice. Come on, all over this house. Uh, let praise rise right now. Let worship rise in this house. Let somebody shout to God, I am thirsty tonight, Lord. I want more of you tonight, Jesus. Would you take 30 seconds, come on, and lift those hands all over this house. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Oh, come on. Somebody lift your voice. Somebody cry out to God. Somebody cry out to God. I'm thirsty tonight, Lord. I'm thirsty tonight, God. I'm thirsty tonight, God. Oh, would you lift your voice? Would you lift your voice? Would you lift your voice? Can we sing a song you guys have that fits where we are? Something simple, something simple that they are.